Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to the Gabby Reese Show. It's all an experiment. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the show. My guest today is Catherine Gray. Catherine Gray has been working on equality for her entire career, and now she's really focused in the last several years on female entrepreneurs. Uh, She created a company called 360 Karma, and it's a business that connects female founders and funders to help other entrepreneurs, female entrepreneurs. And she also has a podcast called Invest in Her. And we even had some parts of the conversation where, you know, from my belief, it's like we need to also educate female entrepreneurs about biological responsibility. Like, hey, you may face these things if you decide that you would like to have a family. Having said that, I don't think that, you know, you have to have a family. It's just more about saying, hey, let's equip you with all the knowledge. And, you know, even remind people that not one half of the population is against your success. We don't want to send women out into the world in business thinking that men are not for their success because that's not true. There's so many dads and brothers and husbands and sons that are advocates of women and women in business. But we had a great conversation and she's doing a lot of incredible work. They even have something called She Angel Foundation, which puts together people who would like to fund female entrepreneurs and also mentor them. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with Catherine Gray. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, this is an unusual uh, treat for me. Uh, first of all, I you know love doing the you know any conversation in person. Um, and we're here at the studio, which is uh, unique. 
Love it. Me too. We, we know we'll get it done right. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a while since I've been in a studio, so I welcome it. Yeah. You yeah. You, you were saying earlier, you're doing your podcast, which was Live, Love, and Thrive, and it's now Invest in Her. Yeah. I relaunched it as Invest in Her because everything in my platform is all about how we need to invest in women and how underfunded women are. Mm-hmm. So now, I just decided to rebrand. Now, when you say um, women are underfunded, I have a sense of it, but maybe we could even just take a look at what does that mean? Sure. I'd love to. I'm just, in fact, this morning I'm working on this TED Talk I'm doing November 28th, and it's all about the statistics of that. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people don't know that we get less than 3% of venture capital funding. That means men get 97%. Okay. And we and- get less than 15% of traditional funding, like angel investing. So is this businesses? that are owned by women, female CEOs. Like I'm just, we were just discussing and I just went through the process with um, my husband and our co-founder of going public. And so in a way, I, you know, half the people on all our calls were women, not necessarily who we were talking about receiving funds from, but just from our side. So when we say that, because I really want for especially female entrepreneurs, but even maybe underserved entrepreneurs, period, Mm -hmm. to get a sense of when they see those numbers, what does that mean? Female-owned businesses? Yes, female-owned businesses. Mm -hmm. Uh, So um, there's a good new book out that uh, Arlen Hamilton has out because she does create a backstage capital for women and LGBT Mm -hmm. and for uh, uh, people of color. And it's a great book. I think it's called... um, it's about damn time. Uh-huh. It's really good. And it, it's about all of this, about the underfunding, why she started Backstage Capital and what a hard uphill battle she had. But now there are people like her making mm-hmm. inroads. It's still small, but there are some inroads. Besides, you know, like if we look through history, you know, sort of certain rights and privileges and even you know, the dream of like a young girl 50 years ago versus a young a woman now, it's very different. What you're, what you're told is possible. Like my, my grandmother yes. um, grew up in St. Louis. She, since has passed away, I mean, she would have been in her nineties at this point, went to college. My, wow. my great grandfather sent her and her sisters to university and she, and she ended up being an educator and uh, she was kind of a badass lady, but we talked a lot about how that was so unusual and she did choose to get married, but not, she didn't choose until her 30s and didn't have her first child actually till mid 30s. But so let's say that the landscape of what is possible is so different now. So, in that respect, you're right. We've made a lot of progress. Right. I mean, even in the 60s, a woman couldn't even get a credit card or a business loan to start a business without the signature of a guy. How crazy is that? I mean, that's in my lifetime. I don't know about yours, but yeah. it's in my Close. lifetime. And, um, That to me just seems unbelievable. So in that respect, we have made progress. Certainly there are multitude more of women business owners today than there were just, you know, 30, 40 years ago. Because like you said, many didn't go to college. They didn't have the opportunities. And the ones that did were told you could be a teacher, you could be a nurse. That was basically it. Right. Um, Hard to fathom. I'm sure the millennials can't even wrap their heads around that. Yeah. And I guess what I'm trying to understand, so I'm more informed, is, you know, why is it then in this modern day when women clearly in their 30s have been told their whole life easily, whatever you want to do, 
I would think. I mean, I grew mm-hmm. up with that messaging. Mm-hmm. I went to college on an athletic scholarship 18 years after Title IX. So I've received all those benefits of the women before me who you know, lobbied for those rights. Right. Why are they only getting 3% of the money? Well, glad you asked. Uh, the reason is, is because 90% of the financial decisions are made by white men. And people tend to invest in people that they identify with. And so, therefore, if most of the decision makers are men, Mm. then most of the recipients are white men. I see. And so, that's where the disparity lies. And that's why my TED Talk is basically about how we need to get more women decision makers into the funding world, whether that means working at venture capital firms, because 85% of venture capital firms have no female decision makers. Right. Um, so that that takeaway there is that we've got to have more women in that arena. Uh-huh. And then also, I just want to really be a big advocate for telling successful women, because there's so many of them like yourself out there, mm-hmm. that they need to be angel investors and invest in other women. Right. And and that's a beautiful legacy to leave, to, to invest in other women that are creating amazing, game-changing products out there that can't get funding. What an incredible opportunity. Yeah. And I think what's so strange for me when I hear this, you know, I feel like a good idea is a good idea. I don't think it has a gender. I don't think it has a race. I think it's like if, and, and you know this, when you get capital from any company, the amount of analytics that they drill down on is insanity. Mm-hmm. Like it's numbers, right? Yes. And so you think, okay, well, why would you not apply the template for the idea? Do your homework like they do and just look at the numbers. Um, you be- would think so. Right. Because mm-hmm. it's, you know, it seems in a way what I say about business, it's so interesting on both sides. Um, it's competitive. And we oftentimes associate competitiveness with masculinity, mm-hmm. right? It's a competitive environment, yes. arena. However, a good idea is a good idea. You know, women that have uh, applied for money have told me a couple different things. And one is uh, they are asked different questions in a different way about their business than men are. Like with men, it'll be like, well, how big can it be? And this will be, well, how will you survive? You know, kind of. You know, so you'd think it would just be number crunching. You're right. But you know, it, and and then it goes back to what I mentioned before, mm. identifying with the person. It's just the same thing like an old boys club. People are going to deal with people that they identify with. Yeah. And that's why more women have to be at the funding table. Right. And so I'm really on a mission to get women to look into, there's all these new angel investor groups for women, and they will educate them on how to be an angel investor. And it doesn't cost a lot of money. I mean, there are varying levels of it. That's right. You know, they can be in a group where they're putting their money together with other women. Yeah, friends and family rounds that don't, you know, that's another really interesting thing that I think is important to talk about. I think what you start to learn in life is, and I've heard you say this in, um, you have a book, uh, Seven Simple Steps to Empowering Your Legacy, where there's practices. Mm-hmm. So even when we talk about self-care or business or even this idea of having a sense of well-being, let's, let's forget the word happiness. Let's just say, you know, like a good mental health. It's all practice. And so Absolutely. even in business, there's sort of, and, and this is something I really appreciate that you talk about, is this mentorship. 
And because how do you know when you're an entrepreneur until you know? Because usually most entrepreneurs, some of them go to like Wharton, but a lot of them don't. They're creative people. Um, they look at the world differently. That's what can be their magic. And, um, but it's all new. Right. Like, how do you know? So, for example, you don't need to talk about margins until later in these early rounds, you know, getting these early investors, but having that strategy. I think I would love to hear maybe just the importance of that, where if so, someone's sitting there and they do have an idea. And, and I think it's a, a weird time, the fact that we aren't out and about connecting with one another. Again, you talk a lot about, you know, I don't want to say the word networking because sometimes that has a negative connotation, but you have to get out there and really talk to people and they'll find that people really do want to mentor. Yes. So first of all, you mentioned the seven steps and I'll just say at my website Mm -hmm. where they can go, sheangels.com. It's also under the umbrella of 360karma.com. When they sign up, they get those seven steps. And those are seven steps that I just implement into my life on a daily basis. And it's something I talk about. Uh, when I speak to different groups, and it's about how simple they are, mm-hmm. but how magical they are in manifesting what it is you want in your life. And so I give those away on the website. When people sign up, we send them the seven steps. And it's seven things to do on a daily basis that for sure will manifest what it is you want to do. And like I said, anybody can do them. And, and sometimes, you know, I'll say to people, they're so simple, but it's really if a matter of if you do them or not. And that really is the key. And that's what a lot of people don't understand is that it is really simple to, to manifest what it is, your, your vision, or, mm-hmm. you know, but it, it's a matter of implementing those steps. The other is what you just were asking me about women needing mentorship and, and, and people around them. And when I did the She Angels Pitch Fest, for instance, with the city of West Hollywood, mm-hmm. I thought it was really about funding these women. But then I came to come to find out what you were saying is that they seemed a little lost with just having funding. And so I brought in coaches to mentor them. And that was invaluable. And it was then I realized, wow, the coaching really is just as important of the as the funding, if not more. Well, because sometimes yeah. having the money is scary. Yeah. You're just like, okay, what do I yeah. do with it? Right. Here's my shot. Yes. Um, I don't want to make mistakes. And by the way, we all make mistakes, many, um, maybe. And and I know you have men that are coaching. And, and so it's not about, you know, it's encouraging women to invest in women, but you have a group of people who will mentor people. Yeah, for the most part, I do encourage women to get behind women because I think, you know, we had grown up in a culture where it was always competitive because it was only one or two places at the table for women. And so then they became competitive instead of helping each other like men do. Men help each other. And that's what we have to cultivate a culture of is women helping women. It really is about that. That's game changing. And, And so, like I said, in women investing in women. So, you know, seeing these women say, wow, it was really having these women believe in me and help me that helped me to be successful. And and so the winners of the uh, pitch fest that were successful were the ones that, you know, took advantage of the fact that, you know, they, they listened to the the advice. I know mm-hmm. one of them had a name for their company. It was Biafor. And it was like a 
a modest sportswear. Uh, in fact, her goal was to have it in the Olympics. Okay. So perfect topic today. And um, they said to her, we don't like the name. Like, what does that even mean? Nobody knows. And she fought them on it. And finally, she changed it to modify wear, which was like, and, and the word defy in it, like defying mm-hmm. the traditional sportswear. And she did get a, a contract with the upcoming Olympics for her wear. And it's for different cultures like modest sportswear. And hers started with a hijab because she uh, happens to be deaf. Yes. Yeah, uh, Melissa Scott. Yeah. And she created that so that she could, um, you know, hear when she had on her hijab uh, because she worked for the Olympic Commission. And she uh, come to find out that, oh my gosh, all these people wanted it for their Apple iPods and stuff like that. And then she went into other sportswear that was whether they were um, just older or maybe they were Muslim or maybe they were Mormon or Catholic or whatever. Or just modest. Just modest, yeah. yeah. And so what a big market, you know, mm-hmm. it was a million, you know, multi-million dollar market. So she got that contract with the Olympics and also just opened a store on Robertson. But she really does attribute it. Like she never would have changed the name if it wasn't for these amazing panelists that invested in her sure. and told her, that's that's not going to work. And and also being open that she took the advice. Mm-hmm. So part of it is, you know, yeah. listening as well. But I agree with you. It takes a village. And any really super successful entrepreneur does not try to do everything themselves. Oh, it's, I mean, listen, if you, for some reason, are like a great CFO, chances are you're not coming up with new product ideas. Uh, in your sleep. Right. I mean, maybe, but it's sort of like really letting people who are good at something, you know, I, I, a perfect analogy always coming from sports is like, oh, thank goodness she's so good at that because I'm not. And it's, we're covering our basis and appreciating and enjoying each other's talents. And I think that's like anything where that one plus one is more than three or four, you know, where you really, you know, you can just amplify whatever it is that you're doing. You know, the thing for me has always been, like I said, I was born, so much of life is timing, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. Um, where people before me, I reap the benefits of, of their work and, you know, them standing up for what they, they thought was right. And then when you get the opportunity, you know, you're, I would say you're sort of just like a portal of a, of a, you're holding space for something. So represent that well, whatever that is. And that hopefully you then, the next generation maybe can get more of the benefit of what's right and fair. But I think what I've really been fascinated in in looking at, and I want to go back to being an entrepreneur a second, is if we're in this competitive environment, which is work, how do we also simultaneously say to women, you know, there's some other things. That's what I think is how do we also educate them about what they might possibly have to navigate different than men? And it's not just, oh, I'm a woman, you're a man. If I, for example, I have three daughters, right? And I'm, I'm really got onto a kick after I had my kids about like also empowering women if they choose to have children mm-hmm. in whichever, you know, there's a million ways to have families. What does that look like? Because my sense of responsibility, biological responsibility, just by nature, just it's the way it is. If I could have had Laird, 
had, you know, the second baby, I'd be like, I'll do the first, you do the second. <laughs> That's just not the way it is. Right. Is also how do we get women that are going into, maybe they go to college or they're thinking about business to go, okay, but also, and it's terrible to say, but what's a strategy around these biological responsibilities? Because some of it, I do believe is like, I don't care enough. Like when it comes to my kids, like if you said, hey, big boss, be the CEO at the time when they were really, really little, Mm -hmm. there was just no way for me personally. And I think everyone's different and I totally honor that. But just to have that open dialogue to say, okay, well, how would you try to navigate that? Because it isn't my husband's fault that I'm the one who has the kid. And then I nursed my kids and just all that chaos that goes with, you know, you're not going to be, you know, like you hear stories of women who are like their silk blouse and they're pumping and it's just, it's a lot. Yes. And so the other thing would be, could we bolt on this other message? Because it is modern for women to do business and to be bosses and to be in all these things. Yes. But if for some reason they choose then to say, well, I think maybe I'd like to explore having a kid or whatever. What does that really look like? And what's the strategy? You know what I mean for that? Right. Because I sometimes feel like it's this thing that nobody talks about because we can't really solve it. Right. We can't change it per se. What we can change is how culture treats it. So, you know, you have bosses that will literally fire women if they find out they're pregnant or, you know, they won't Promote Give them, them a promotion. Right. Thank you. And so that's what we need to change. They shouldn't be punished because they're the one having the children. Right. The, the culture of our businesses should be supportive. And, you know, that's a cultural change we have to address because the most profitable companies have C-level women executives. Right. And so they're not doing themselves any favor by holding those women back. So they should be supporting them. Thank goodness it's becoming more and more uh, popular for people to work from home too. Right. And it's still, it's still impossible. Like, I don't want to say it's impossible. It's still so tricky, especially when kids are little to get anything done. And, you know, if you then step back and you go outside a business and you look at life, Mm -hmm. right? Relationships, these types of things. I feel like at times when you add kids, some of it, you just go, it's either not overwhelming, but it becomes certainly seems insignificant mm-hmm. in sort of in comparison, right. right? So it's to your point, how do we say to women, even for just a little bit of time, okay, you know what, maybe tuck out because you're going to, your energy needs to go here. And when you tuck back in, we're going to try to facilitate because women do have so much to add. But this is one part of the story that is so tricky. Yes. And is. nobody is talking really about it. They just talk about like, okay, we have to support each other a hundred percent. There's only X dollars. And and by the way, if a guy said, how would you, you know, not go out of business? How would you survive, you know, teaching women to go, well, here's my plan for my growth strategy. Like I'm only going to put the energy towards talking about where we're going, not some defensive weird move. Right. But then the other side of it, I don't believe, I guess maybe I know also a lot of good men Half of the group out in the world is not, they're not actually against us. Mm-hmm. And that's the other thing I wanted to get into with Absolutely. you is how do we send these young women into the world not thinking that they, screw that, what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. And what's the strategy? Right. Not half the 
people walking around in the business world are against you. And I understand like the numbers, but sometimes I feel like I want, like if we could extend the message right. into, because there's, a, you know them, I know them. Oh yeah. So many male advocates that sometimes you're like, amazing. You, do you know what uh, I mean? Absolutely. Like it's, a lot of my friends' husbands are 100% behind what we're doing with this uh, movement to, you know, empower women and, 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 you know, raise the bar of the investing in them. Um, you know, we, besides uh, She Angels, I have She Angels Foundation mm-hmm. with my partner, Catherine Curry Williams and her husband, Scott. Scott's the producer and writer for NCIS and a big advocate of what we're doing. Like he's our biggest cheerleader. So I agree with you. Yeah. There are men out there that are cheering us on yeah. and uh, kudos to them. And, you know, that's why with enough men out there that are supportive, we should be able to change this cultural thing. And to your point, a woman should be able even to take off a few years and raise her children and come back into the market um, or start their business. You know, a lot of women uh, after their kids leave, they start their business because they can't get back into the workforce and they end up being amazingly successful Mm. at it. And I guess that maybe in the support part of the conversation would be, and, and by the way, I have plenty of friends that are like, listen, my expression and creativity is going to be in my work and that's what I'm doing. And they're perfectly happy and kicking ass all over. I just meant that sort of biological responsibility part, right. which is like, hey, young girls, because sometimes I think, especially like for me, I remember when I was younger, it never really dawned on me about children and what that was going to feel like or look like or what I had to deal with it. I was just like, oh, I'm on a mission and I'm going to figure out how to accomplish that mission. And that's why I really thought you're the perfect person because you're, you're so, you know, invested. Your, your whole business is supporting her and she, and also kind of, it's this. Sometimes I have found like coming from sports background, right? Where um, a lot of times, sometimes the female advocates were also saying, well, it's it's doesn't feel fair that NFL gets all and then you know NBA gets all the money and I go okay, I get it. But if we're looking at the business of sport, whatever revenue they're generating at this time, their pay is in proportion to that, right? Versus what women are. So for me, I always looked at it like, well, how do we solve it? Which would mean how do we ramp up the amount of revenue that the women make, not like say, oh, we're the same as the men. Well, we're not. Mm -hmm. We're different and it's cool and different in a different way. What's the business of that Mm -hmm. so that we can support the athletes and get them paid so they don't have to be school teachers on top of being professional basketball players. Right. And get into also those strategies. Right. Because I think sometimes it has felt that it's, it's the comparison part Versus like, well, how do we solve this? Like what you're doing, like saying, okay, we're going to get these women. They're going to invest in female entrepreneurs. This is a strategy. A solution. Correct. Right. right. So that's been something I've observed for a really long time and trying to also help women look at it from that point of view as well. Go, it's sort of like uh, someone going, well, it's not fair. Yeah, it's not. What are we going to do about it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just presenting the problem is not that great. It's no. like, what's the solution? Right? Yeah. And yeah. and I think sometimes, 
you know, and I'm a female. Um, but if you get like enough of a large group of women, it becomes sort of all of their experiences about what wasn't fair about it. Mm-hmm. And I think part of it is someone going, got it. Mm-hmm. Now we're at a different time. What's the strategy? So if you had somebody listening to this who was a female entrepreneur, which in itself, I don't care who you are. I don't care who you are. It's so magical and exciting and overwhelming. And you talk a lot about how, you know, don't worry so much about the how right away, but your why. Right. Maybe you could just kind of touch on that. Yeah. I mean, you have to have a why or why do it, you know? Yeah. I mean, for me, like right now, from my Invest in Her podcast to the She Angels platform to fund women, my why is because I want to change that. I want to change that women are underfunded. And Mm -hmm. I think we can do it. I think it's a matter of just getting enough information out there to educate people. I can't tell you how many people, their mouth jaw drops when you say we get less than 3% of venture capital and men get 97%. They're like, what? And And how much do we buy is what I want to know. What's the percentage on that? (laughs) We impact more than 80% of the the purchases. Mm -hmm. So we should have more of the funding for sure. But that being said, women, they have a lot of wealth. And, and so they have the ability to determine where that wealth goes. Mm-hmm. And when you and, say wealth, as not just personal wealth, but the power that they possess, both, both. they're spending wealth. Both. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of wealthy women. You know, there's, uh, they just came out, I think it was Forbes with, you know, the list of the wealthiest women out there. And uh, it grows every year mm-hmm. substantially. Certainly not in comparison to men, but it's certainly growing. And and it's between those two things. One is having the wealth themselves or inheriting it. Yeah. And the second is that they might be in a family where it is the family, the man and the woman that have the wealth, but they do have an impact on where and how that's invested. But they don't always, they haven't always taken that initiative. They'll be the first one to ask their husband, oh, let's donate to this charity. Sure, honey, you know. But, honey, I want to invest in another woman's business. Mm -hmm. That's what we have to get them to start saying. Because they could. Yeah, I think the, the influence in that partnership is so intense. Like women, I think it would also, to your point, just taking the interest. Yeah. You know, you know, I call it the new book club. Like a woman will jump into, mm-hmm. yeah, I go to this book club, all these amazing women, we read great books. Great. Go to an angel investor club. Mm-hmm. It's even more exciting. You get to hear these mm-hmm. incredible ideas and inventions these women have. You're the first one that gets to hear about them. You could invest in them. And it, it's okay if you make a profit. Like, they yeah. they think uh, profit is a dirty word. It's like, no. it's okay. You make a profit. They make a profit. You help them. They help you. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah, profit. That, that's the other thing is getting people to realize profit equals sustainability. And so it is, it's so not a dirty word. It's uh, reality. And it also gives you the power that if you say, hey, I'd like to now donate. Because I do believe the government, whatever, I think the quickest way to make an impact, whichever way you're passionate about, is it the environment? Is it education? Is it feeding kids? Whatever it is, is through private company, private profit, Mm -hmm. is saying, okay, we're going to allocate these funds 
for that thing that I'm passionate about. So women have to really like get greedy on that front mm-hmm. in in the great way and be responsible. Like that's the other thing I I really appreciate about women in business is that cooperation. Like I'm cool if you get the credit. I don't care. Let's just get it done. And just kind of that. And it's it, there's they just need to put the, they put their heart into it too. Mm-hmm. I think it's such an important part of building any business. And I wanted to dovetail on that that. Certainly, I am a big proponent of charity. That's why we have the She Angels yeah. Foundation, and we welcome women and and men who support women to yeah. become members because we get behind female founded yeah. uh, nonprofits that are helping women. Yeah. So there is a very important need to have charity, and you know those type of things are tax deductible and yeah. makes sense. If you're making money here, you should be giving back over there, but. It should be a balance. Mm-hmm. People, you know, women and their and their families, they should they should look at their wealth and say, yes, let's give to a charity, but also let's invest in women. They're so underfunded yes. and they have these ideas that'll probably help save the planet. Yeah. I, I, mean, I think it's important that in this world the currency is business. So invest in the businesses that mm-hmm. then can I've seen so many companies, um, even just doing this podcast where they are doing things so consciously, whether it's donating money or things are completely biodegradable, you name it, from sober living to mattresses. So you're saying something that's really important is that through businesses now, healthy businesses, so that means businesses that are starting in the last five, eight years, whatever, they're really showing us how to do that. So I I completely agree because I love a nonprofit, but that's a different schlog. That's mm-hmm. a different route. And um, it's like having balance in life. You, yes, we need to give back to charities. Their, yeah. their purpose here on the planet is invaluable, but also so is all these ideas and inventions that these women have mm-hmm. that need to be funded. I mean, let's face it, we're not going to get younger. There's no such thing as anti-aging, but there, I really believe there's you know, ways to age slowly or with vitality and healthfully, and besides, you know, sleep and exercise and eating well, I do use and look for products to help support me in that quest. And one of them has been True Niagen for over two years. I bought the product based on a suggestion from a good friend of mine who was an athlete, but this isn't just about, oh, it's for athletes only. It's not. It's it's really, you know, for anyone who's looking for small ways to support themselves and keeping that vitality. And I think a lot of times, you know, we think about youth only as a topical, but for me, it's about vitality and youthful energy. And what I really appreciate about the True Niagen product is it helps us age better by supporting the energy generating engines that exist in our bodies. So it helps us restore youthful energy. And what it does is it, you know, tiny repairs that these enzymes work deep in your cells to help you recover from lifestyle routines. So maybe, you know, we don't always get the best sleep or maybe our diets aren't perfect. And and quite frankly, even overtraining can be tough on your body. And True Niagen supports these enzymes. It's safety tested and backed by Nobel Prize winning scientists. That's very important to me. But I did really notice kind of that sustained energy. That's what I, I noticed right away during the day. So you kind of feel like, oh, I'm, I don't have so many dips in my energy. And I got really interested in the notion of cellular health. And a lot of the data shows that if we can get that great cell function and support ourselves to the best of our ability through good lifestyle choices and also 
products like this, it does give you that sustained energy and kind of keep that vitality. And they have an incredible offer for you right now. So new customers can save $20 on a three-month supply. And all you have to do is go to trueniagen.com. That's T-R-U-N-I-A-G-E-N.com. And if you punch in Gabby, you'll save $20 on a three-month supply. That's trueniagen.com slash Gabby. And these statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. And this product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. It's the holidays. And that is why it's the perfect time that WHOOP, the fitness wearable, is a new sponsor of the podcast because they have a really generous offer for you today. So if you want to buy a WHOOP as a present for someone or you want to buy it for yourself for your New Year's resolution, or maybe both, this would be a great time to do it. So if you're not familiar with the Whoop strap, it measures your recovery, your strain, and your sleep. For me personally, I really love it for the sleep, but let's drill down on what that looks like. So on the recovery, it monitors how ready your body is to perform. It's looking at metrics like the heart rate variability, resting heart rate, and sleep performance. So if you like to geek out, and really want to know all the data. They have a ton of it and they deliver it to you very simply. And then strain, it measures how strenuous your day is, training. I don't know if that quantifies with uh, relationships and kids, but okay. It's the quantity of how much effort your body has been putting out and sleep. This is the way I really use it. And um, it's how much sleep you need and how well you slept and in depth. But it also, it's like, hey, it's time to wind down, time to get ready for bed. Half of the deal with sleep is getting to bed around the same time each night and becoming aware. So I love that it has all this data. But the other thing is, is that really just bringing this awareness starts heading you into that direction of success, which is important. They say it's like having a personal trainer on your wrist for less than like a dollar a day. I think we can all agree it's worth it. They've got a new strap, the Whoop Strap 3.0, and they have incredible colors. I personally have the Thunder, but they've got Sundown and Saffron, Avocado, Arctic. It's lightweight. It's really easy to use. It's stretchy. So for example, if you're training and it's around your wrist, you can move it. I, you know, you can slide it up your forearm. You can even push it up to the bicep. Um, I like that it's waterproof because if I go in the pool, it's, you know, I don't have to remember to take it off. Same with the shower. Uh, they have a Whoop journal. So if you want to put in other behaviors, like if you're consuming caffeine or maybe meditating and just get that full picture and they have a wonderful offer for you today. So you can head to whoop, W-H-O-O-P.com. And for my listeners, they're offering you 15% off any of their memberships. So you get the Whoopstrap 3.0, the one I talked about for free. You get access to their app, which provides all this incredible insight. So you can really know yourself and perform at your best. That's all we want. We're just trying to be our best, each of us. So check out WHOOP, W-H-O-O-P.com and use the code Gabby, G-A-B-B-Y to get your 15% savings. Hey friends, my name's Olivia Perez and I'm an entrepreneur, journalist, and the host of the Friend of a Friend podcast. Every Monday, I meet with some of today's youngest and brightest entrepreneurs to make space to tell their stories and shine a light on who I believe to be the next generation of luminaries. I'll interview up-and-comers and game changers from brand builders to personalities, activists, artists, and thought leaders from around the world. Each episode lets you be a fly on the wall during one of the greatest pep talks, like a conversation between you and a friend or a friend of a friend. See you there. Have you ever, because sometimes I, I just think about this, I wonder, is sometimes too, like with women, we, I feel at times, and I just love to get your take on it, that we want to be a part of something and just like feel good about um, making 
progress and creating something. And sometimes it's harder for us to step to the front of the line and say, I'm going to be the boss. I, I do. Well, I know that uh, there's some research that shows if there's an opportunity to do something, like let's say be CEO or something like that, there'll be, let's say they say there's 10 criteria for that job. A man will have one or two of the criteria and think he's qualified. And the woman thinks, oh, I don't have those 10 qualities. I only have five of them. I can't do that. Mm -hmm. And that's the difference in the mentality. The women have to believe in themselves more. It's just the culture. It's the way women are brought up. They have less confidence than men. And it's something that we need to just change and perpetuate. And one of the ways is for successful women to get behind successful women and boost their confidence and belief in themselves. I think this is an important part of what you're saying, because it isn't, like I said, I have three daughters. It isn't about saying, because I do believe I'm a believer that biology is, is playing, plays a part in things. You know, it's like, whatever, the size of my jaw. And I, I guess even coming from sports, it was like, you really saw the gap. You saw it right next to you on the court, right next to you. And so you're like, oh, okay. Biologically we're different. And maybe we're, we, what do they say? We're more prone to negative emotion, right? Like fear, this, that, certain things, self-doubt. And, and maybe it's because in certain ways, if you plunged us in nature, maybe in certain ways we're more vulnerable, right? Mm-hmm. So it's saying, okay, all this exists, like you said, and teaching young women, this is going to arise. You're going to feel really uncomfortable to ask your boss for a raise when you think you deserve it. So just be aware of that. I think sometimes even just having those conversations, not saying, Hey, you don't have to feel that way. I think certain ways we're hardwired, but okay, just notice this might come up and, you know, you think you only have five of the criteria, go for it anyway. Right. And it's twofold. That's one of the things. Mm -hmm. And the other one, and I don't want to go down a rabbit hole, but I think women feel intimidated often by men. And that's why this whole Me Too movement has come about Mm -hmm. is because they are afraid to ask their boss or they are afraid to challenge the people above them or ask for a promotion. Yeah. And the reasons are is because of what might be expected of them or how they're harassed. And hopefully we're going down a new path by having, you know, however it is when you shed light on something, you can make it go, help go away. Yeah. And I know, I know it'll never go away completely, but let's hope that there's less of that so that your daughters and their friends and the girls coming up feel less intimidated by a male boss. And number two, hopefully there will be more female bosses, which would be less intimidating as well. So that's where our culture needs to move in a different direction in order to empower these young women. Yeah, that's a great point. I think, uh, you know, work environments and hierarchies and having to ask for things of what feels fair to you for work that you've done. That's really, and I find it, and I'm, you know, I feel like I'm pretty out there worth it. It's, it's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to say, Hey, I feel like I'm worth more. It'd be easy for me to lobby for you. Mm -hmm. I could say, Hey, you need to pay her. Her work's badass. Right. It's really hard to say, Hey, I'm, I'm worth this. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's a tricky thing. So if if you had an entrepreneur um, listening to this who really had an idea that they go, yeah, this is something, you know, but they didn't know maybe some of the first steps to take. What? How would you encourage them? And maybe they don't live in a place 
mm-hmm. that they ha- they have maybe a friend group or something of people that they can connect with to you know try to further this down the field a little. What would you um, say to them? Well, two things. One is the beauty of all of the different social media platforms from LinkedIn to Facebook. You can reach out to anybody these days. And there are people out there. You you know, Arlen Hamilton, get back to her book. I remember when she first got a big job, she emailed 100 people in that industry. And I was so impressed with that. And uh, this seems a perfect time to share that because you can't get discouraged by the first no. So if somebody really wants to do something, they should look for somebody who's done something similar because one of those people will be willing to help them. And the other thing is, whatever that idea is that they have, it's been planted inside them for a reason because we're all a conduit to something greater than ourselves. And it's so important to listen to that because it means that's what you're meant to be doing. And so the best advice I can give somebody is to say, just always hold on to that, that you are given that idea for a reason, and it's because it's here to help make the planet a better place, your idea or invention or whatever it is you want to do. And you have to hold on to that thought that it's not about you. It's about something greater than yourself. Mm -hmm. And that is the why. And that's an important point. We've been talking about the woman who was willing to change the name about her apparel. If it's about us, we take everything so personally. Right. And especially as being females, right? We're probably a little more sensitive. And so, you know, uh, learning also that um, not every criticism is of me. Mm -hmm. And that also if people are helping me, not everybody communicates in a delicate way. But if they have any information in there that benefits or helps you move your project along, Mm -hmm. I think that that's really important. The other thing, I think is important as an entrepreneur too, is is also being able to sometimes step back and be objective. You know, I always say in, in my business, I always sometimes act like nobody cares in the way that how does this idea keep standing up? Mm-hmm. Because it, it matters so much to me. Mm-hmm. But to your point, there's a reason, but also how do you have that space from it? And I think you saying being a conduit is, a, is also a great way sometimes to have a little distance because mm-hmm. you have to have that passion. Mm-hmm. To be an entrepreneur, you, you have to live and breathe it and think it's the greatest thing ever. Right. But sometimes that kills you because it kills your perspective mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. where it should fit and what's the next move and those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm, I'm always curious if like the mentors, you know, share these ideas about also reali- realizing too that I've had other um, companies I've worked on that, <laughs> you know, it didn't work out. Right. You know, like I lost money on some. They just spun tire for a while. Um, but don't you look back on it and say, but I didn't do it for not because I learned this, this, and this that I took to the next thing. And as entrepreneurs, we all know if you're an entrepreneur, you are going to have failures. But they're not failures. They're just learning experiences. Yeah. And so you have to go down that path to learn. Yes. And, that, you know. and that's why I want to bring it up because like you said, those are school. That's school. That's, that's your school. That's your school. And um, it's just, um, those are actually gifts too. But, and the other thing I think is important sometimes too, is to remind people that when, and, and even your investors, like if there's someone listening who would like to invest in a female business, the excitement and just the real gratification of watching something grow it's really cool when something is successful. 
it is really cool, but actually it's it's going from one to two to four to eight. Like that is mm-hmm. the thing. Mm-hmm. And people all think, okay, I'll take it over the line. I'll get bought. I'll go public. It's like, okay, that's actually not the magic mm-hmm. of when you're really creating a business mm-hmm. and, an, and a product or when someone comes up to you and says, hey, I use your da-da-da and I really, really enjoy it. Right. That's the stuff. Right. And I think it was Mark Cuban that said, you know, you can do six failures and have one success and everyone will remember that success. Nobody will remember your failures. Oh, yeah. No. You only need to hit one home run. You know? Well, that's it. And, yeah. I, and so it's just when we talk about, you know, taking a crack at it. And I, and I feel like in this day and age, that is, we've really made a big transition in the last eight, nine months, right? Our whole, okay, working from home and like what people are using or not using. I think it's a really interesting time to be a, an entrepreneur, a female entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Um, and even like you were saying, this direct access. So if I wanted to invest in you, I can just get a hold of you, mm-hmm. right. you know? And that's the other beautiful thing is some of these barriers have been taking, taken away. Right. But I... I still always believe in everything. You have to have that practice. Um, and, and it means, you know, I, I, I've always uh, really appreciated this story. Somebody said, um, they called Mother Teresa up and they said, hey, listen, we're going on this march against war. Do you want to show up? And she's like, yeah, no, I can't make it. She goes, now, if you're going to go on a walk for peace, I'll come. And I think it's also reminding people that when they're in these situations, that it's however they want to orient what the tone is. Like, don't make more obstacles. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And and not like in that respect from our conversation we're having, like not sit here and say, boo-hoo, we're underfunded. Let's say, hey, how do we fix this? And because so much growth opportunity. Yes. And uh, the only way to solve this is for women to take it into their own hands. And by that, I mean to bring along the men that want to support us. Oh, and they will. But, uh, you know, we can't depend entirely on them because I always say, how's that working for us? You know, so more women do need to get into the funding world, whether it's with the venture capital or angel investing or however they see it or themselves founding their own company. Um, And one other great piece of advice I would share is I follow someone named Andrea Quinn, and she has given great advice in that um, when you're calling on people about investing in your business and Mm -hmm. your product idea, when they say no, don't get deflated. Just think, oh, not my people, Mm -hmm. and then move on until you find that one that goes, oh my God, that's ingenious. Yes, of course, I'll get behind you. I'll cheer you on. And that's your person. Mm. And so you may go through 50 people to find your people, but it's a matter of finding your people. The one thing women do is they always keep trying to make not their people their people. And that is exhausting. And so, you know, they'll call on somebody and they'll say no. And they'll be like, but why not? And why don't you want to do? And that is a waste of time. If they're your people, they will get it. Mm. Well, and listen, if you want to go beyond that, you know, we'll talk about corporate culture, right? Like every partner, you want to have your people as as often as you can in all of these positions. In all, everything you do. It's 
this socially, is, business, mm, every way. People that think the like-minded people, yeah. I call it. Yeah, and you want to have like that healthy tension. Like if you and I were doing business, and you'd say, "Well, Gabby, hold on a second, let's look at that." So you want somebody who will challenge you, mm-hmm. but still you're you're working from a similar language. Totally. That. Um, yeah, it doesn't mean they always agree with you. <laughs> right, right. Well, that's the best business is you have that yeah. healthy tension. But I think that's another really important thing that you just said, which is, oh, okay, yeah, they're just, they didn't, we're not, we don't see it the same way. Right. Yeah, that's a- Oh, not only that, we don't see everything correctly. So it's great to have somebody smart say, oh, but what about this way? Mm. Oh, yeah, you're right. That, that would be even better. Yeah. You know, yeah, you got to be open-minded. If you're an entrepreneur, it can't be all your way or no way. You know? Right. Yeah. So do you have a story in particular of someone that you guys met and or they, she got invested, um, She Angels, and, you know, somebody from through She Angels invested um, that really uh, excites you? Like they are an investor themselves? No, like you found you had, there was an entrepreneur and someone through she, you know, with she angels invested in something. I, I mean, we've talked about some of the apparel companies. Is there any other tale that? Because uh, I think sometimes it's it's really nice for people to hear stories about entrepreneurs and uh, someone coming in and just how, you know how that can work out. Well, what I'm excited about is we have these submissions of these new people, mm-hmm. and we're going to need angel investors for them. Uh, so people interested in that you know, can contact us because we have some exciting ones coming up. And I do have them as guests on my podcast. Uh, oh, smart. The, the two women I was uh, explaining to you, one that did the RX bra that has an infrared thread in it that helps, you know, women that have had some sort of breast surgery for different reasons yeah. and it helps them to heal. And then oh. the other one for the uh, women that are having, uh, that are breastfeeding and they want to be hands off so they can, you know, Go on their computer yeah. or do whatever instead of using some yeah. antiquated machine. And um, what's the what is the the, the an, prerequisites? Like if you have somebody, I didn't mean to cut you off. Sorry. Oh, that's okay. It, they can be. Um, they have to have already uh, started their business. But this is a great one. Kate Dilligan, I think it's Dilligan. Uh, she created a cap that helps people not lose their hair when they have chemotherapy. Mm. How amazing is that? It's portable and affordable, which has never existed. They do have something similar, like a great big machine that you would go into a facility and have to sit there for three hours or whatever. But she came up uh, because she was a a cancer survivor herself Mm. and she did this for herself. She created a product where you can portably take it home with you and do it at home and it keeps you from losing your hair because let's face it that's one of the biggest things that people uh, uh, dread when they're having chemo so this is the kind of inventions women are coming up with it's amazing did and that could be something where even later if like insurance would cover it it'd be like sometimes you can get an orthopedic surgery and they'll give you what's called a cryo cuff which is like a fancy icing machine which compresses and it accelerates healing and in certain situations, if you ask for it, the insurance will actually cover it. So it'd be interesting also if she could, her cap could, uh, you know, also get that kind of support where maybe the people didn't just have to always get it, but it could be provided. It'd be pretty cool. Well, yes. You know? Yes. Um, so 
I'm always amazed at what women are coming up with. I'm always blown away by their inventions. I mean, mm-hmm. sometimes it's not as, uh, you know, a dire thing as that. I mean, there's a woman I had on right. that was creating these new portable um, one-serve wines. But, like, you know, one-serve wines used to just be in, like, a cardboard container and, like, really bad quality. So she's doing high-end wines in a little portable, you know, serving. Yeah. And I mean, only women come up with this kind of thing, you know? Yeah. So, you know, some of them are fun products. Some of them are game-changing products, mm-hmm. but um, it's so exciting. But we need it all. So, um, oh, do you want to get into that? You went to University of Florida? I went to Florida State. You did? I oh did. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Where, I did. It, well, I, now I have to leave. No. <laughs> no, no. I, I saw that. I was like, oh. Um. <laughs> okay, so you have the, do you still have your talk show? Live, Love, Thrive? Or have you just transitioned to I the podcast? I transitioned it to uh, Smart. Invest in Her. Okay, yeah. so we have Invest in Her, your podcast. Mm-hmm. We have She Angels. Is She Tank still around? Tell me about so, this. No, it started off as She Tank, and then we uh, changed it to She Angels, mm-hmm. meaning angel investors. Yeah, um, I love that. And it it's a pitch fest that we're pitching as a TV show. Uh, we actually have a pilot that we're going to be releasing on YouTube uh, the beginning of the year. And then we also have the foundation, She Angels Foundation, that people can, women can come be members of. We have the most incredible women on our advisory board. We have Andy Kenny Stearns, who worked with Oprah on the OWN Network. Uh, We have Randy Thomas, who is the only woman and the first woman that was the uh, voice of the Oscars. She's a famous uh, voiceover artist. Kat Cora, who's a famous TV chef, of course. The only woman I know that would have four sons. I'm like, yeah. Seriously, you and your wife have four boys. Actually, six. Well, now the new ones. That's right. Yeah. Sorry. The, yeah, the, three and three, so it's six like, now. Then, yeah. you, then you get, no, it's like four and two. I swear yeah. they had oh, four. Oh, maybe it's four and two. Yeah. But I remember she's like, oh, Gabby. I'm like, yeah. And then you get remarried and that wife has two. Yeah. It was just, I thought that was the funniest sort of life's little humor, you know. Yes, yes. I was at their wedding, actually. And they're, <laughs> they're amazing. And um, she was the first woman inducted in the Culinary Hall of Fame. I mean, the first. I mean, that's kind of crazy, but... Um, yeah, Kat's a badass. Yeah, she's a badass. Yeah. yeah. So for you... Oh, and we just... Uh, our She Angels Foundation, she's on the board. We're just giving um, funding to her Chefs for Humanity because mm. she does an apprentice program where she takes a young female chef and teaches them the restaurant business because she has 18 mm. restaurants. Mm-hmm. And... She said only 7% of female chefs own their own restaurant. So th- this is how our foundation is, you know, mm. helping. That's great. You know, nonprofits that are helping women like that. Yeah, that's that's probably one of the toughest environments there there are, is restaurants and behind oh. in kitchens. Oh, definitely. It's an ass kicker. Yeah. So what is it in you? Because I know you're you're always, you know, in your message, talking about the message and lifting up other people. But you, you know, you were storytelling in the 80s, you know, for gay rights and marriage mm-hmm. and producing shows and dedicated to, you know, equality. Mm-hmm. And then you're in New York and you keep showing up, which I think people, and you, you know, you're very positive, right? So people mm-hmm. see that and they go, oh yeah, no problem. I don't know that people realize sometimes maybe how hard that is, you know, to to keep showing up and saying, okay, we're going to create this and we can make this happen. These are challenging and important undertakings. What is it in you? How do you keep showing up? 
you know, for me, it's just in my DNA. It's like I, I wouldn't feel like I was living life to its fullest if I wasn't like doing something to make a difference, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't even think I thought that at first. Like, it's interesting. I just did one of my Invest in Her talk shows on a, the very first entrepreneurial endeavor I ever did was a, a TV show in Miami mm-hmm. um, called Way Off Broadway with a female impersonator, uh, Nikki Adams. And after 30 years, I just looked her up on Facebook and go, hey, why don't you come be on my show? Because this is like full circle for me. Like I've done all these entrepreneurial endeavors, but you were my first. And now that I'm thinking back on it, I mean, you're a trans woman and we did this in the mid 80s. Mm-hmm. It was the first TV show. Now, mind you, it was just in Miami. I bought the airtime in Miami yeah. and that's where we did it. But it was a first. Uh, female impersonators, trans women yeah. had never been on TV. And so I look back at that, and I think at the time, I did think it was so important that they have a presence on television and that, you know, we make some inroads there because I was in cable television advertising, and I'm like, hey, where's the gay characters? Where's mm-hmm. the gay network? And I, and after that, I did, like you said, a, a documentary called I Can't Marry You mm-hmm. uh, about marriage equality, and so happy that I got that on PBS, and it ended up, you know, being one of the films that helped change culture that now we can get married. Yeah. Um, and before that, I actually um, left corporate America to help start a gay cable network. And so everything I did, you're right, was because I felt like gay people were the underdog and I wanted to help level the playing field. And I believe it's film and television that educates culture and changes things. And it was just a few years ago, i I just felt a calling to shift my focus from LGBTQ media to helping women because I realized in the funding world, women were clearly the underdog. Mm-hmm. And so that affected me as a gay woman mm-hmm. uh, and all of my friends, yeah. whether they were Jewish or black or whatever, uh, trans, all women are underfunded. And I just thought I wanted to use my platform. To, to help change this. And that's why I'm working toward a TV show because I do believe it is a a, a global platform that's going to change minds yeah. and hearts. And, you know, we can't fix a problem until we make people aware of it. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm trying to do. Make people aware of it. And then, like you said, you don't want to just complain about it. You want to say, well, here's the solution. So direct it, people. Mm-hmm. Just even having She Angels, if I could just say, it's like, well, there's not enough money going to, okay, cool. Well, here's a way to take care. You know, it's like having that in place is so important. Mm-hmm. Do you have, I mean, I know you're you're married, um, but what, it's been a, a couple, couple years. A couple years. Yep. What techniques though do you use? Because I think a lot of people, right, they take things on in their life. And some days you wake up and you think, you know, am I making progress? Is there progress? Is the world getting better? Is humanity getting better? Do you have any, you know, things or systems? I, I know you have your practice, your seven steps, but do you have a something you tell yourself? Because I, I think that for me is very interesting when I can see someone who's like, they just keep showing up. It is those seven things okay. that I do on a daily basis, which sounds so trite or so simple, but, you know, it is things like, uh, keeping a gratitude journal to remind myself of how many amazing things happen every day or, you know, meditating so I can 
quiet my mind in the midst of all this chaos and really kind of get a download of what's next. But that's not to say that I don't have days where I feel like, wow, I wish I was further than I am. But, you know, if anything, this pandemic has made me realize time is just a man-made thing. Mm. And so I don't have to accomplish something by a certain time. As long as every day I get up and I'm living my life on purpose, doing something toward what it is I'm here to do, whether it's doing my invest in her podcast or working on She Angels or doing this upcoming TED Talk, you know, that I'm doing something toward living a purposeful life that's going to make a difference. And I think everybody can do that. Everybody can get up in the morning and do that. The other part of the seven steps, like I'll just share another one of Mm -hmm. them with you, is um, making sure that every day I do something for somebody else because the best way to empower yourself is to help somebody else. And it might, that might sound kind of, you know, hard to understand, but Mm. if you just do it every Mm -hmm. day, uh, you'll, uh, you'll be surprised how magical that is. Making sure you reach out to say, it doesn't have to be a big gesture. It could be a phone call or it could be sending them something or, you know, just being there for someone else. It it, it empowers you so much to keep going yourself. Yeah. And that's what keeps you going. And it does give you that perspective too, sometimes because we get so caught up in our own selves. And uh, the Alfred Adler uh, was a, a psychologist. He was around when Freud was around. And he writes this very, all these elaborate books about uh, lifestyle. And, um, you know, the little tricks that we play to actually hold ourselves back or whatever. But at the end of it, he says, it's still no matter what, um, the only way we're really going to be happy is to serve people and serve others it doesn't mean you can't get yours you know of course there's time and room for all of it but it's said over and over um that conversation about if we're really smart and you want to have that good taste you are helping other people i think it brings you the biggest joy in life is when you connect people or help Mm. somebody you know introduce this you know a lot of times people say something like oh i i want to do a ted talk too oh great well let me introduce you to my friend over here tabby biddle she trains women how to do ted talks it, it costs me nothing to mm-hmm. introduce them but it makes them both so happy you know there's a lot of joy in just connecting people yeah yeah well i really i just want to say i really appreciate the effort and the type of work that you're doing and i I uh, appreciate your openness to having these other conversations because I'm always curious. And I think honestly, and, I, and I'm trying to, I'm six foot three. So I also sometimes feel that uh, it is different being in a bigger body as a woman when you are in business. I don't know if it's true. And it's interesting. And some of the mightiest mites I've ever met, CEOs, are compact women. So I'm not suggesting otherwise. But I'm saying there might be something that I haven't experienced necessarily. Listen, I've been talked down to and told like, why would you do that? And I've had all that too. But also coming from sports when they go, hey, not good enough, not good enough, do it again. And your teammates are razzing you simultaneously. So you get kind of tough on like, yeah, that sucked. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, That it bothers you less. But I'm always, you know, kind of curious sometimes like, and I, I, about the size, but I often joke when I have to do big meetings or even like public speaking engagements, I do wear heels. I go up even higher. I go like six, five, six, six, because then there's some weird thing that happens where yeah. everyone's just like, okay, 
Yeah, makes you feel empowered. Well, and it's like a a bubble. Like I create, I do it for protection. Yeah. Well, what's funny is you laugh. Is um, I obviously am short, and um, no, it's not I, short. It's you, compact, <laughs> compact. And I don't think anything about it. In fact, one yeah. of my dearest friends, Susan Anton, you know, will be. Oh out, yeah, she's a. And tall. I always think I'm looking her right in the yeah. eye, and then we'll take a picture, and I'm like, oh my gosh, she is taller than me. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, the spirit. Nothing is bigger than the spirit. But when you, you know, I, I, so I often wonder, you know, like when you put your hand on someone's shoulder. And look straight across and just be like, hey, you know. Yeah. But I, I always was curious about that. But I, I really appreciate what you're doing. And it, you know, I encourage people, they can go to 360karma.com or do you want to direct them somewhere else? Well, uh, yeah. So everything I do has its own website, okay. but everything's housed under 360karma.com. Okay. But we have investinherpodcast.com, uh, sheangels.com, and of course, the sheangelsfoundation.org. Okay. Yeah. And is there anything? Invest in her podcast, I should have said. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And do you have a release day? Do you release a new one on Every Wednesday. Okay. Every Wednesday. Is there any last invitation that you would make either to and or a female investor? Like if she's never done it and she'd like to figure out how to do it and or a female entrepreneur, just that first step, whatever that is. Well, I always encourage people that they're certainly welcome to email me through the sheangels.com website. You know, if you need any, you know, connections or that type of thing, uh, you could apply to our Pitch Fest or to, if you have a nonprofit, you could apply to our foundation for grants, Mm -hmm. uh, sheangelsfoundation.org. And of course, I would love people to follow us on investinherpodcast.com, which of course is on iTunes and Spotify and Mm -hmm. Amazon and all the regulars. I just um, I just think the bottom line is to make sure that if you are a successful woman, to look up uh, an angel investment group mm-hmm. and and go check it out and become an angel investor. It'll be life changing. It'll be your legacy. It'll be magical. Catherine Gray, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening. And if you'd like, rate, subscribe, and leave us a review. All of my music was graciously done by Frank Zumo and Tom Thacker. If you want to see some of the behind the scenes action, just follow me at Gabby Reese. And remember, don't miss new episodes every Monday. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.